Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. So Charles Dickens began his iconic novel, A Tale of Two Cities, effortlessly capturing a timeless lesson about humanity. Life's a mixed bag. When it comes to expressing ourselves, we tend to be conservative. You know, we share the good stuff. We tend to steer away from the bad stuff, right? Nobody wants to hear that. Now that's the short view. Turns out life requires endurance, and endurance requires resistance. Where would any of us be without something to fight, whether for or against? Something to fuel our determination. Makes you wonder, would winning have a hashtag without losing? Oklahoma City's hospitality industry had a Dickensian week last month. Started with the best of times for Chef Corey Harris and his wife Lanisha and son Damon. The owners of Off the Hook Seafood and More were joined by friends for a watch party on March 18th. They watched the Harrises win $10,000 on Food Network's Family Food Showdown. The industry celebrated with them. Until the worst of times arrived on March 21st when Chef Chad Epley of Vast was run down and killed riding his bicycle home from work. By week's end, the Harris family was handling long lines at their off-the-hook seafood and more locations, while Chad Epley's family received a long line of friends and loved ones at a memorial service, Plenty Mercantile. These are things that happen because we don't live in a storybook. We live in a chaotic world where we're still trying to figure out. So in the meantime, we do our best to make sense of it all and support each other. So today, we talk about winning big, falling hard, and composting loss on Community Table. The world has moved on since that fateful week last month. That's what it does, whether we're happy about it or not. Harsh, cold, efficient, no matter how bright the sun. Real warmth, the kind that soothes the soul, comes from the living. And the living must move to survive. It's instinctive. The reason is, even the best things, like roses, can harbor thorns. Here, Chef Corey Harris explains the chaos that snuck between him and his television debut. This has definitely been a... uh great experience for us on on so many different levels and it's been so crazy that i had to close this past friday friday is one of our busiest oh, days. oh sure i had to make the decision to close friday just to hold a job fair to try to get some yeah. help because people yeah before you know we had a, a good enough crew to where we we could sustain the, mm-hmm. the amount of business we were getting but with that it was just like and then on top of that i had to uh dismiss my kitchen manager two days before the show oh. came and then Another head cook, he uh, took a better, he took a food and beverage director job somewhere Mm -hmm. else, which I encourage. Sure. You know, but you don't, you don't expect to lose. Timing is everything. Right. Two of your, two of your, your top, you know, chefs and cooks and then all this happens. So you can only imagine how crazy it's been. Absolutely, man. Yeah. See, that kind of, that's something I'm interested in is, 
you know, you're on, I mean, obviously you're in a, a moment in your life that, that feels like a high point, you Absolutely. know, you know, it, it is, but it, we all know we've all had high points in life, but there's low points too. So there you are in the middle of this, like, you know, it's coming and you got to deal with this, this thing, you know, Absolutely. because first that's right. Cause first the, 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 the date change, it was going to run on a yes. Sunday and then you had a party all set up. We found out like literally four or five days before oh. it was supposed to air that it, they changed it from Sunday to Monday. And it's weird because they had already, they were already two episodes in before yeah. they even yeah. decided to change the date. But the good thing about it is I think it, it kind of helped us out, though, because that Sunday is a good day for them. But Monday typically gets more ratings. Yeah, yeah. Than, yeah. Than that's Sunday, so. I think for yeah, for Food Network, I would think that's actually Absolutely. probably a highly rated day. But but it did make for an afternoon of, uh, of headaches for you. It, it? it definitely <laughs> did, man. It was it was chaotic, to say the least, <laughs> trying to trying to get everything switched over. We had already had everything posted. So many people were sharing it. So many people and so many people actually came on Sunday yeah. that don't, you know, that's not yeah. on social media, that it doesn't yeah. really pay attention. All they know is they, they heard, heard they heard, that's, yep. you know, they wrote it down. So uh, you can only imagine how that went, but, you know. <laughs> Do you guys have to have somebody camped out over there letting people know? No, no we just put signs just on put the signs building up. and said hopefully they'll, you know, they won't be too mad, but, you know, they can't be mad at us. It's not yeah, like not we changed fault. it. Yeah, you didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. All y'all did is show up and win. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But long before Corey joined his wife and oldest son on national television, they were grinding out a living the only way they knew how. Off the Hook uh, started in 2013 as a concessions trailer with my yes. wife and I. Uh, we did that for about two and a half years uh, before we decided to open our first brick and mortar. And the reason we decided to open our first brick and mortar is because we got so we had so many people telling us we're tired of chasing around this yeah. dang trailer you yeah. guys need to be stationary <laughs> and we said forever you know we would just uh, whatever you know we, mm -hmm. we're gonna do what we do but after hearing it so much it's like well wait a minute maybe maybe yeah. we do need to take into consideration yeah. that you know people we could probably get more business if we were stationary so uh we finally listened to the our fan base and, and opened our first brick and mortar that was in 2015 so we're going on our four-year anniversary yeah. there, and then we opened our second brick and mortar in 2017. So this year we'll mark our two-year anniversary there. Yeah, and well, and with each successive store a little bit bigger. Absolutely. First store, first store was in a was what was built for a Starbucks. First store was an old Starbucks uh -huh. right off of Britain and Broadway yeah. extension. Small, uh, quick, really small, yeah. really, really, really small. We like to call it a starter restaurant, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because we started with a starter food truck. And yeah. Ended up turning that into a starter restaurant. Now we have a, a real restaurant. And now right. we also have a real food truck. You're guys. just doing it by the book. It's <laughs> yeah. all right. You got to start. You got to crawl before you walk. That's and, right. And we believe in that. And yeah, you know, we we did it our way. The tribulations that fueled Corey's determination arrived early in life. Here he talks about some of the unintended consequences from a catastrophic disruption that helped fuel his passion for food. I grew up on. Born and raised in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the east side is what mm -hmm. they consider, northeast side, uh, right there at 23rd, and uh, I grew up on 23rd and Lottie area, mm -hmm. I grew yeah. up in uh, 23rd and Kelly area, and it was it was a pretty rugged area yeah, back in it? the day, it's still kind of rugged now, it was a whole lot worse back in the 80s, but I uh, grew up in an area called Prince Hall Village, okay. there's some apartments right there, they were pretty, pretty rough apartments, mm -hmm. and uh 
when I was young, when I was young, my mom she ended up going to the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. So when she went to the penitentiary, we ended up being my myself, my older sister, and my younger brother. We all got put in a foster home. Okay. So I ended up uh, being moved out in Spencer, Oklahoma, which okay. is considered the country. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'm city raised. I mean, I'm city born, yeah. but I'm country raised. Just so barely. Out. It is though. Once you get out there, it is the country. It's the country, but it's not very far from the city. It's not very far from the city, but yeah. there's really, really wasn't much to do. So yeah, uh, ended up learning a little bit about farming and fishing and hunting and all that type of stuff. And that's that type of stuff. That is, all works together real well if it, you like to cook. It does. It works yeah. together really, really well. So. And that's stuff that I'm still passionate about to this day. Lessons from the country and a burning desire to be a chef taught Harris how to be an entrepreneur and a troubleshooter. One thing that I know that and I've learned over time is that you can't it's a lot of stuff you can't control. Mm -hmm. But when it happens, you have to be strong enough to figure out, Okay, here's a problem. Now, I have to fix this problem on the fly because if I don't fix this problem, then it's just going to just snowball effect. It's It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. So Mm -hmm. you have to. And that's why. Everybody isn't built for it. That's you know, right. you have That's to right. you have to really, really have that mindset that regardless, like with me, man, I, I kid you not, I was this whole past week from open to close, I was on the grill. No bathroom breaks, <laughs> no no lunch breaks, no no nothing. Like I had to have people bring me water just just to stay hydrated because I couldn't leave. It was just so crazy, man. Oh, man. And then, you know, and I I really wish that, you know, I that I was more prepared as far as staffing wise, but you know, it could possibly be. It can possibly be. It just can't be, man. Like I don't care who you are. You can make so much so many plans, but you're never gonna get it all. But the fact that your instincts told you prepare, that means you had you were trained well. Sometimes circumstances outside your control work to knock you down. Like when Sean Cummings first saw the end of his first restaurant here in Oklahoma City, Boca Boca Seafood Restaurant. Thanks to the arrival of the NBA, the veteran operator decided to head off the downturn of the past despite new problems it presented. Boca Boca, when did that open? Oh dear God. Uh, Ish. 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it lasted a good solid eight years. Yeah, that's a good yeah. run. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good run. Um, and nothing really happened. I tell you, the basketball started here. We, we brought in the New Orleans team. Yes, yes, the Hornets. And I was or watching, now they're the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a game, and I said, I know everybody in the first eight rows by name. This is bad news. And so I switched it to the Irish pub. Yeah. Yeah, because I went home right. to tell her she nearly divorced me over opening right? the Irish pub. Oh, That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. Well, because everyone in my family that opened bars, well, yeah. ended up in uh, a you know yeah. either an accident or you know <laughs> sure. they were driving home drunk and sure. got you know sure. it, it is fraught a, with peril. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. or divorced yeah. or yeah. So we we get through it. I we, was freaking we, out. We get it open and it's killing it. So. She comes in one night at about 10.30, and some weird lady in the middle of the dining room has all these tattoos, and she stands up to, on the table to show everybody all of her tattoos and pulls her skirt up, <laughs> and Kathy walks in the back door. My God. Dave, I was... <laughs> Literally, I was like, this is what? never happened. My girls aren't allowed to work here. <laughs> and obviously, there's no controlling that... No. Weird stuff that people That's, decide to do. People always yeah. want to go, hey, third party responsibility. Why didn't you control that? And you go, you think I knew she was going to do this? Yeah. I've... 
Much less my wife showing up at the same time. Yeah. So, oh. Or the lady that was so sitting that on well. your sink that cut her bottom. She was... <laughs> Okay, hold on. I, in my in my time in Oklahoma, please in my time expand in, on this. In time in my, in my time in Oklahoma, I have had two different sinks destroyed by people's behavior <laughs> in two different so, restaurants. All right, all right. Story one. Story yeah. one. It was, oddly enough, it was Boca Boca. Nice, Boca. quiet Saturday night. Table of six out there. A couple of people disappear. I don't think anything of it until we hear the crash. Oh. Right, and I mean a crash, and you get. Like it's porcelain. It's like razor blades. Oh. I mean, they, and they got cut up a little bit. And, and uh, oh, kudos for, you know, the activity. But uh, You know, I, I, I mean, <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants, right. I suppose. That's right. But sometimes yeah, the there's a price really to pay. Good. Now, <laughs> I would like to have had a new sink right. out of that, but I ended up having to pay for the sink, too, oh, which is not gosh. cool. And uh, the second one was at the pub. Irish pub. And, you know, you know how girls will uh, go into a restroom together, like four or yes, five of them. Yes. And one was, you know, using the, the facilities, and the other uh, one just couldn't wait. So she's uh, hot up, up on, on the, the Sink. That's right. the way to do that. And boom, it goes down from under. Now she really cut herself bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. get to carry really, her out. The, the scarring—I don't right. know which scarring would be worse on that mm-hmm. one. Just the humiliation, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's and, a very. And uh, we all took it obviously very serious because oh, we were was. worried about yeah. it. Oh, you got, you're God. thinking insurance and, and yada yada yeah. yada. Yeah. And, and ambulance. I don't. Yeah. Two sinks. Yeah. Two oh, sinks. And, the, and and here's the thing: whoever was in the pub that night got the best anecdote. Oh yeah. That they still tell to this <laughs> oh, day. Oh, you know they do. Listen, if you happen to be one of those folks who witnessed, yeah, the Sean Cummings pub sink debacle, give me a ring. darkest place on earth is the space where loss comes and finds you. That moment you discover a loved one is gone forever. On March 21st, Chad Epley's family's lives were turned upside down. And the same goes for his work family. And that starts with Chef Kirk Fleischfresser and Kevin Lee. The two chefs whom Chad worked for at Vast joined us recently to share memories of the young up-and-coming chef they loved like family. I mean, it's devastating, and his career was so promising. He, he was going to be one of the chefs that mm-hmm. is going to you're going to write your book about twenty years from now. <laughs> right? He's going to he would have his own chapter, and and you know for him to come so far. I mean, Kevin and I know him a long time, but you know he was kind of a, a young squirrely punk when I first met him, <laughs> and I couldn't be more proud of somebody and how far they came and and their accomplishments and and just balancing out being a leader and taste and artistry and mm-hmm. really good business sense at the same time i mean it's it's just tragic and kevin you hired him right at, at vast yes yeah, so when i first came up to vast i brought chad with me uh you know he really started out as a line cook mm-hmm. and really proved himself over the years step by step and became the executive chef of vast when i left and you know he was more like a little brother to me so it's you know it's heartbreaking for me and you know for a lot of people because mm-hmm. he was a brother he was like a brother to a lot of people not just me myself and you know seeing him grow so much and 
seeing him finally reach his dreams of becoming a chef at vast you mm-hmm. know you know and it was just so tragic to you know see him gone in such an early age uh but one thing i you know i could say is that he left a great legacy behind yeah and you know uh he will be missed but i think his energy and his you know love and passion for you know being in the kitchen will stay all advanced for a long time just because the vibe he set the culture he set you know up there you know i couldn't have done i couldn't have accomplished anything i have throughout my career without chad i mean chad was my right hand man and you know he was there with me step by step you know Vast wasn't always the smoothest kitchen in the world, <laughs> and you know him and I were the you know the original two who went up there to fix it together. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's really busy up there too. I mean, this, yeah. it starts at five and it doesn't get over till almost midnight. So it's a long line shift anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I think what Kevin said about passion is, I mean, that's it. I mean, when you're just dragging, you look over and he's smiling and you know still going after it. I mean. That, that's you, you can't replace that. I mean, that's right, right. It's a, it's a tough one. I only met Chad a couple of times at the ORA competition, but you know, you could the passion came through on the plate. You know, he did really well. We were we were talking about this before. He, you know, you could sort of recognize uh, it, through that competition, you could sort of recognize the track he was on as a guy who was going to win it. It was just a matter of time. Well, you know? and, and competition isn't exactly the best place for Chad to shine right. because he wasn't as worried about himself as he was everybody else. <laughs> so, you know, when he's doing his recipes and he's doing things, I mean, he's thinking about the whole group. And, yeah. and you know, who wouldn't want a leader like that and who wouldn't want to work with somebody like that that, you know, doesn't have to have the spotlight. He just wants to be a great part of a great thing, and he mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Well, so, Kurt, I mean, I, it's a difficult situation that, that the kitchen at Vast is in now. So how do you guys move forward? How, how does it work? Um, that's a good question. This is all un- unraveling. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, Chad leaves a great legacy. I mean, he's he's got a lot of people. Um, he and Paul picked out a couple of sous chefs Paul that were not. Yeah. Paul Langer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Paul will will definitely step up, and, and he will be able to, to, I mean, he'll be able to do the job. Uh, that, but the two guys that we have behind, Diego and Zach, are – uh, guys they picked mm-hmm. and the guys they mm-hmm. work with and the guys they brought along. So I think they'll rise to the occasion. And I, as I think uh, his legacy will grow because he 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 set a tone that, that we're going to follow up there. So Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's all, you know, that we, that we can do. And obviously our heart goes out to his family. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a very difficult time for them. And they're going to need their, the, the support not only of, of family but of friends and the community as well. Well, and as he was close with his vast family, he was, I mean, just a great family guy. His brothers and his his brother and sister and uh, his folks. And, I mean, he was a very uh, passionate about those relationships. And uh, everybody was family to him. So it was really, this is a great loss. Epley's memorial, friends and family gathered to share memories, hugs, and tears. They released paper lanterns and red balloons to say goodbye to the 31-year-old chef. It was hospitality at its finest. It brought back a lot of bittersweet memories from 2017, 
for me when my son Luke passed away at the age of 19. Many of the same folks who lent strength to my family in the aftermath of losing Luke reached out to me in the aftermath of Chad's death, knowing how close to home it hit. Many of them were even there on the rooftop at Plenty Mercantile Morning Chad. Among them was Chef Taylor Desjardins, who the day before Chad's memorial texted me a photo from several years ago that included Chad and Luke standing next to each other in a group photo before the opening of Che Modern Cuisine. That's where Taylor was Luke's boss and mentor. He also happened to be Chad Epley's best friend. Taylor and I hugged that evening and it was the hardest moment of the night for me. Took me back to a reception at La Baguette following Luke's funeral where Taylor shared a story about Luke peeling garlic. Taylor had asked him to prep several heads of garlic while he attended a meeting, while Taylor was at a meeting. And uh, when the meeting was over, he saw that Luke had not gotten very far along. He did notice that the garlic was peeled, very meticulous, but at that rate, it was going to take him all day. And Taylor laughed, and we all laughed, because we remembered, you know, Luke was so concerned about how long it was taking. And so Taylor showed him a well-known restaurant kitchen fix for peeling garlic. You simply take all the unpeeled garlic and put it in a plastic container with a lid and shake it vigorously. When you open the container, you'll find most of the skin's broken free. It takes just a few seconds of unspent aggression. What Taylor didn't know, of course, is that Luke's method was learned by my side when he was a little boy, and it, w- and it would have taken all day. We all laughed that day at the funeral. We needed to laugh that day. And I explained how Luke's low and slow garlic technique was my fault because when he was very young and eager to help in the kitchen, I would give him the garlic to peel, a job suited for his tiny fingers, and I had never really showed him any other way to do it. And when Taylor shared his version of the story, it was respite, though brief, for all of us that were suffering that day. But what Taylor didn't know when we embraced at Chad's funeral is how Luke and his relationship with garlic again buoyed me at a time when I needed it. See, it's been a while since, the, since we first aired Community Table, and that delay has come for several reasons, not the least of which is how difficult the stretch from Thanksgiving to February 27th was for me and my family here in the last few months. Luke died February 27th of 2017. So that first year, we had months to prepare for a holiday se- our first holiday season without him. We survived it and found a way to enjoy it a little, volunteering at the Red Andrews dinner on Christmas Day. So naturally, we figured the following year, we would follow the same protocol and all would be well. Well, turns out life isn't that tidy. For whatever reason, the second holiday was far more difficult than the first, and that malaise drifted clear to the second anniversary of Luke's passing. We even endured my daughter Kate totaling her car on an icy road in Durango, Colorado on the evening of February 27th. Thankfully, she walked away from the accident with nothing more than a bump to the head. Rest assured, we were all in my family thrilled for February to be over when the calendar flipped to March. But that's when I received an email from 74-year-old Harry Ledgerwood, a man I've never met. Here's what he wrote. I'm a longtime reader of The Oklahoman. I keep remembering your columns soon after the loss of your son, Luke. I'm very sorry for your loss and continuing sadness. An instance you wrote about continues to stick in my mind. You told us all when Luke was a younger boy and was interested in helping you in the kitchen, you'd put him to work peeling garlic. I do a lot of things in the kitchen, including smoking meat outside in a ceramic egg smoker, like pork butts and ribs and turkey and beef brisket, 
Additionally, I cook a lot of pinto beans. I eat pinto beans almost every day for lunch. When the pot is empty, I cook another batch of beans. I use fresh garlic in my presentation for all the food mentioned above. When I get out the cutting board, knife and garlic, I always think of Luke Cathy. All the time I'm peeling and chopping the garlic, I'm thinking of Luke. I'm sure I will think of Luke Cathy every time I touch fresh garlic for the rest of my life. You've created a fitting tribute and a significant memorial to your son. For me, I know it will last as long as I'm alive. Sincerely, Harry Ledgerwood. Tribute is all we have left to pay the dead. Pay it well, pay it often, pay it until you're out of breath. It does wonders for your endurance and it paints a vivid, true picture for future generations. Thanks for the reminder, Harry. Thanks for having the courage to reach out to a stranger. It's a reminder what we're all about here on Community Table. And again, thanks. Our thanks to Corey Harris of Off the Hook, Sean and Kathy Cummings of Vito's Italian Ristorante and Sean Cummings Irish Pub, Kurt Fleischfresser of Vast, and Kevin Lee of the Social Order Dining Collective. Thanks to all of you for helping us build up Community Table. We will be back much sooner than last time to talk about living and dining in the 405.